Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. When I listen to Audible, I'm not riding the L train during rush hour. I'm hunting whales with the crew of the Pequod. I can feel the cold air on my face and the icy spray of the Atlantic crashing against the bow. The smell of rotting blubber fills my nostrils. There she blows, boys! Dead ahead! It's the white whale! This is my stop. Excuse me. Pardon me. Sorry. Go to audible.com slash start trial and your first download is free. Audible. Stories that surround you. Blog Talk Radio.
need somebody to prophesy with your body language. Just say. What you say? God is leaning in my direction. So prophesy. I said he can't lean. In whose direction? Come on, you wait on me to say it. You gotta say it, say it. In my direction. Cause this is my seat for grace, for favor. This is my seat. Come on, y'all. Come on, open your mouth, say, I've got a seed in the ground. And I don't care what your circumstance says, it's already getting better. Welcome to Kingdom Life with Prophetess Alandis Porter. This show is designed to feed and nourish kingdom leaders to reflect the heart of God. Listen and be blessed. Good morning and welcome to Kingdom Life. I am your host, Prophetess Alandis Porter. And you have tuned in to the Release the Word Radio Network. We are so glad to have you this morning. We are excited, excited, excited about our show today. We have a powerful, great, fantastic woman of God joining us this morning. And we're so glad that she had an opportunity and time and space to fit us in to her schedule to be able to do the show today. We have the Apostle Paula Price on with us this morning. I'm going to take a short break, and then we're going to introduce her, and we're going to let her bless your life today. So we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. I give myself away so you can you. Give myself away. I give myself away so you can. Come on, let him know. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can. What would happen if a generation embraced this? Come on, tell them, here I am.
Good morning. And for those of you who are just tuning in, I'm Prophetess Alandis Porter. You have tuned in to Kingdom Life this morning. And we are on the Release the Word Radio Network. This morning, we are going to be talking about apostolic life with Dr. Apostle Paula Christ. Um, We're going to introduce her quickly, and then we're going to let her loose so she can bless your socks off. So get your notepads, get your Bible, and get ready, because it's going to be a powerful word from God. Paula A. Price is a strong and widely acknowledged international voice on the subject of apostolic and prophetic ministry. She is recognized as a modern-day apostle with a potent prophetic anointing, active in full-time ministry since 1985. She has founded and established three churches, an apostolic and prophetic Bible institute, and a publication company, consulting firm, and global collaborative networking, linking apostles and prophets together for the purpose of kingdom vision and ventures. Through this international ministry, she has transformed the lives of many through her wisdom and revelation. As a foremost sales and marketing executive, Dr. Price effectively blends ministerial and entrepreneurial applications in her ministry to enrich and empower a diverse audience. We're going to stop there. And we introduce to some and present to others the Apostle Paula Price. Welcome, Dr. Price. Thank you. Thank you very much. I greet you and your listening audience in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And again, I want to say I so appreciate being invited to your program. This is a marvelous opportunity for us to connect for us to cross-pollinate and to collaborate. And if anyone knows anything about me, Prophet, I am about collaboration. Yes, praise God. So is there any particular direction that you'd like me to go or a place you'd like to begin, only because I want to make sure that we remain on the same page? Okay. What I want you to go into, I want you to go into how does one start if they are called into the apostolic? <laughs> and what does apostolic life contain? What should their expectations be? Mm, boy, you don't start easy, huh? You just come out the gate. <laughs> you got that double barrel shotgun going on there. <laughs> I certainly appreciate that. Well, to to begin with, apostles never start out as apostles. And we need to get that on the table early in the game because often we, you know, we hear people and suddenly, you know, they say, well, God called me to be an apostle, and so we start out as apostles. And, and so everybody, you know, we get our cards. Everybody get the cards. They go get the, the, the whatever the legal papers are, the charters, and they're good to go. But that is not apostle. The apostleship is the highest office of God's eternal kingdom and his church. What I like about saying it about apostleship is this. Apostles literally uh, represent the only office. It's only the, the only office that will transfer into eternity. No other office is God saying, okay, you're going to sit on these thrones and you're going to help me judge. So 
if, if anything but that type of eternal weight, cloud, and magnitude clearly cannot be just assumed. That's the first thing. The second thing, starting out as an apostle, you pretty much start out as something else. God, if we look at God's pattern for the 12 apostles, case in point, the pattern is set this way. Jesus' first six apostles came from John the, prof, John the Baptist prophets. We've got Peter, we've got Andrews, we got James, we got John, you know, the twins. We've got James and John, the twins. We've got Nathaniel. You know, he's listing all of these people. And what made them apostle ready was that they had the ability to do something uh, firsthand at face value that no one else was able to do, and that is they recognized the Christ. So if you're going to be an apostle, you pretty much are going to be connected with one of two things. You're either going to be uh, pulled out of a pool of prophets. You will have come from under a chief prophet whose job it is to get you ready to work with apostles and, and eventually become one. And the next thing, or either, if that is not your call, then you're going to come from a comparable secular environment, such as Paul coming from the Sanhedrin, if you will. Now, even though the Sanhedrin is considered religious, it was still a governmental order. Now, this is important. This foundation is extraordinarily important because the church fancies itself as spiritual Israel. Here's the drawback. The drawback is that the church, while it fancies itself as spiritual Israel, is in fact totally not based on, it should be, but it isn't, based on a nation. Israel is a nation, so the rules that we're running by are supposed to be rules that govern a nation. Well, it's important that we recognize that because most times when we think about church, we think about this mass of local assemblies who somehow or another held together by the spit and glue of the Holy Ghost. But we are meant to be the eternal nation of the Lord Jesus Christ, according to Hebrews chapter 12. We're meant to be his eternal nation, which is why we must be born again and why we must, you know, we are the royal priesthood and we're the offspring of the Godhead and all of that. Now, how does that pertain to apostleship? That's essentially the fundament of the apostles' mysteries. Apostles start out with that. But the first life of an apostle is pretty much in another field of endeavor. Then the second part of apostleship is that the king calls you. Apostles are called by sovereigns. And people will say that, but in order for people to be convinced that the sovereign called you, the sovereign subject must recognize his or her way and his or her markers to say, yep, you really were called by the king. Because nobody could step out in the king's name as a counterfeit because it would cost them their life. They would literally be killed. So because apostleship is the ecclesial counterpart of an ambassador, and ambassadors are only called by the heads of state, and they're only sent to the heads of the other states, um, what we call this apostleship and how we're doing this is totally a local church model, and it's privatized by whosoever decides to go out and step out there. Because, and I hope I'm making sense when I say this, because apostles uh, as far as the Old Testament, were called by King Jesus directly, and they, he literally came to the planet and he upheld the model they'd been using with nations all along, which is why he can come and say, go ye into all the world and make disciples of all nations. So 
when you say, well, what is the, the early life? The first thing we want to know is that you need to have come from some sort of spiritual, strong spiritual background or some strong military, because the admirals were apostles, military or uh, governmental background. So that's the first thing we need to know. Well, you, the second thing is that you don't become an apostle overnight. The fact that we've got these 20 and 30-something apostles is really a little bit concerning. And, and the reason being that in order to do that, you have to not only bear the message, say I'm just preaching the gospel, you have to bear the weight of the king's burden and the portion of that burden that he's assigning to you to dispense in the world. And that doesn't come easy. You have to. Paul said, I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said, I'm the Hebrew of the Hebrews. I am the Sanhedrin's prince boy. I'm all of that, and yet I still have to go on the back side of Damascus and find out how to make this thing work. I still have to receive the revelation, and it has to be proven by the apostles who actually walk with Jesus Christ. And so Peter and all of them had to do it. The fact is I don't need anybody to affirm me. That's totally out of divine order. That's out of kingdom order. You have to be affirmed by somebody. Somebody has to take responsibility for your apostleship's credibility. Somebody has to say that. Peter had to write in his epistle that only one time that we have in our writing, you know, that, that someone addressed it. Peter had to say, like our brother Paul, Paul had to say, no, I was affirmed by the apostles of the Lord who had gone before me. I'm one born out of time, which means I'm born outside the college. So when we think about apostleship, the first thing we need to recognize is the fundamental principles of making it happen. Of course, the number one, and then the criteria. There are some specific criteria that the early church understood and demanded of the apostles that circulated with them. And so important was this criteria that they were equally trained in false apostles and in Satan's apostles as well as in the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ. They had to know the different ones. They also had to know the secular versus the sacred apostles. Those things the church had to know. Now, here's why, Prophet. I think you're going to appreciate this. Here's why they had to know it. They had to know it because the, the essence of apostleship, as the Lord Jesus brought it, was that God was taking the offspring, the populations from the gods of the world, the gods that he had just dethroned, and he was pulling them into his church. Well, we act like the enemy is just going to roll over and say, oh, wow, that's nice. We, we have apostles now. This is great. We have, we have a people of leaders. No, those guys were hot. They were rip-roaring mad, and they did everything they could to stamp out this work, this new God. How dare this fresh upstart come in and start drawing the nations, drawing these populations and civilizations into his body. How dare he do that? Because that was the, the, the rules there. And so they were hot. And when they were hot, they raised up their own ministers, which is what we saw in Paul and other, the people in Diana, under Diana's religion, Apollos, Jupiter, and all of those other deities. They rose up and they mobilized their forces to retake what Jesus was taking, which meant being, made, being a Christian not only revolutionary, but it made it dangerous. And so those apostles had to let everyone know who was real, what was a real sign, what was the signs of a real convert, what was the sign of a real Christian, what were the indicators of the Holy Spirit being inside, what were the markers of a true evangelist. The apostles had to be well-schooled in that. They had to because if they weren't, their congregations could be wiped out. 
Because it was no, it wasn't a matter of well, you know, my church will split. No, it was somebody coming in destroying your church like they're doing in other parts of the country. That's how Christianity began. Other parts of the world, rather. That's how Christianity began. So as we we look at why it's important to have the right markers, deception, um, uh, subterfuge, uh, you know, takeover, tyranny, all of those things, treachery. Those were real hard issues that the early church faced that made it imperative that people can identify an apostle and then distinguish a secular from sacred apostle and then distinguish the apostles of Jesus Christ from the apostles of the other deities. It is very important that they knew that. I don't know if that helps you at all. Does that, did I hit it? Amen. Amen. That was good stuff right there. Um, we're going to take a short break, though, and I'm going to have you go into the difference between the secular and the apostles that's called to kingdom. I'm going I'm to have you tell us the difference between the two in just a moment. So we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Thank you for listening to Kingdom Life Live with Prophetess Alandis Porter on Release the Word Network. Amen. We're back with Apostle Paula Price, and we are having a wonderful time. Those of you who are tuning in and you got your questions ready about the apostolic, if you are thinking that you called to be an apostle, you don't know, you're not sure, you you have signs of being an apostle, and you're not, you don't have all the markings, you don't know, you up in arms or whatever, um, call in, ask your questions. She's going to be here to answer any questions best that God gives her, and you know uh, she can minister to you from the heart of God. This is how she operates. So we're gonna we're gonna ask Apostle a question. We want her to tell us the difference in the apostleship. And go ahead, Apostle. We want you to share that with us. Uh, I will start by saying this because typically we encounter this, and many modern apostles find themselves unable to answer the question or to address it. Apostleship did not begin in the Christian church. It did not begin even in Israel. Israel did not have apostles in the classic sense. Later on, they did. In other words, they had sent ones, which is the essence of an apostleship, the sent one being sent from the face of the king to the face of, of, the face of one sovereign to the face of another to transact international relations or inter-kingdom relations. Um, on behalf of the monarch that sent you. So that's the essence of apostleship. And so, um, but, but, but actually it didn't begin like that. So Israel's Shaliach were there to, you know, they call them Shaliach or Shalia or Shalia, depending on which way you do it. They called them apostles simply because they were sent out by the Sanhedrin who were considered to be the governing powers in the land. However, true apostleship is based on uh, was based on a, a, a combination military takeover uh, and uh, ex- 
royal expansion project. You know, the king of one of a large nation wants to take over another one or wants to establish relationships, create a colony, whatever you want to call it, just going through the fast track of this. Um, and so they would send people out. And they would send out these, these masterful military leaders, which is why admiralty or generalship figure prominently in apostleship. So the secular apostles had that we're taking over land, we're taking over geographical territory, we're taking over populations, we are subjecting their rulership under the power and dominion of the uh, of this stronger uh, state. So that's basically what we that's how we started. So Jesus comes and he comes from outside the planet, and he says, you know, my father is ready to take this thing back. You know we. You guys have been running it in the ground, et cetera, and not doing it what I want. But also bigger picture, big picture for Jesus Christ is that I'm coming now and what I have, have mastered, accomplished in one nation, Israel, my own nation. I'm now ready to replicate worldwide. So now because I'm sending you to the nations to confront other deities and to draw out my chosen ones from those false religions, from those fallen gods, they really aren't gods, and to bring them into my kingdom and, and to make them my temple, I'm sending out warriors, I'm sending out fighters, contenders, philosophers, I'm sending out thinkers, I'm sending out, you know, battle axes, I'm sending out uh, provisions, whatever it is, I'm sending it out, and I'm sending it out in the form of sent one, apostle sent one. And and, and and people often say, well, the apostle just means sent one. No, that's like saying, well, I sent you to England and I sent him to the store, and they're the same. Come on, guys, that's not the way it works. We know that. And so Jesus sovereign sent ones is what God is talking about. You know, the essence of apostleship is that you represent a sovereign power who has either the strength or the legitimacy to extend itself into another territory and take possession. And so Jesus comes and says, hey, I, I'm doing this for the nations, but I'm not doing it with guns, and, and I'm not going to just do, use guns, and I'm not going to just use, you know, battle plans and all of that. He said, but I'm doing it from the inside out. I am recovering what my father surrendered in Eden. I'm recovering that population by my spirit. And so as I step into them, I now retake them. So Jesus Christ essentially literally abducted us from Satan right under his nose. He didn't even have a clue, and all of a sudden we, we go to sleep one thing, wake up, he got a whole other creature. He's on the outside looking in, doesn't even know how it happens. That's the essence of what we're doing. So when God talks about secular apostleship, he's not talking about those that belong to other deities, those that belong to other nations, those that belong to other temples. He's talking about himself being the God of God, the Lord of Lords, and he's retaking what he allows Satan to embody between Eden and the cross. Now now he's got us in the planet. He also has his model going. He's retaking us. And that's the power of, of, of a secular versus sacred. So now you have a person today like secular apostles. You have, hey, I mean, you know, who are doing these amazing, powerful things in technology. Very much apostle changed the world. Apostleship always creates a new era, always creates a new era. One or to me, as far as a secular example, I think the, the um, Apple guy, uh, Jobs and Gates, clearly secular, changed the world. They, they change how life is lived, not just change lives. Ministry may change lives, but apostles change how life is lived. 
Wow. I love that. You really explained that to us really, really well. Um, There's a lot that you have done prophetically as well, and I know there's plenty of people who haven't had the opportunity to ask you what your story is. So I would like you to share a little bit of what brought you to where you are now, what your walk and your journey has been. Well, uh, I started out, um, I'm the eldest of six children, classic type A personality, classic, classic you know, dysfunctional home, or, or one parent over of, uh, dominating, the other parent, uh, you know, addicted. And so, yeah, I'm pretty much that. I had to be responsible for my brothers and sisters very, very early in life. So responsibility was always my thing. Um, as I got into my late teens and early years, I started dabbling into the occult and into spirituality because I always had very peculiar uh, abilities, always had them and didn't know why they worked. And so for a season, that's the journey I took for God to find me at the end of the road. Uh, when I reached up, I really began to explore who I am when I became uh, an account executive for a major communications company and realized that I had, again, other abilities, but these are all secular and they're all secularly applied. And so, uh, but nonetheless, I always had a heart for Jesus Christ. I, 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 as a matter of fact, I always joke and said, man, I just love this man so much. Shannon is sinner you ever want to meet, but I just love this man. Didn't know why I love him, whatever. Didn't know that I was chosen before the foundation of the world. So finally, I go to a church service one night after I've done this whole corporate thing and found out it's like a dismal disappointment. Um, and so I, I go to church service and God begins, uh, I meet Jesus. And, and I mean, I've, I've got all of this occult stuff that's going on. I'm almost dying on the floor and he saves me. And when he saves me, he told me, he said, listen, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth, all of it. I own this and I rule this. Essentially, that was his message. I own this and I rule this. Now, if you all don't know how I rule, that's another thing. I learned that as I went on. When I got up off that phone, that floor that night, I had a, a, another new ability. I could read the Bible. Now, the Bible always made me go to sleep. I was like, oh, 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 why? I couldn't get out of the box. They were just boring, you know? But what I, when I got off that floor, I understood the word of the Lord, and I, I got it. So as I read it, I was brought into God's experiences and God's memories and God's life uh, from a different perspective, apostles, well, if they're true, apostles know that if they don't know anything about Jesus Christ, they're not sent. So a lot of these apostles, these are young folk who, who have a, a real call. God bless them. They have a real call. It's genuine. I don't down them. I don't bash them. I don't believe in bashing young people. But by the same token, you cannot present, represent a sovereign who is the ancient of days with a three-weekend vacation uh, where you read a book or you read someone's book. It's not emulation. It has to be complete transformation. So I did. He changed me, and it took a while. Then he told me to start a church. Well, Jesus, well, first thing, I had my first supernatural, well, that was my second, encounter with God. So I'm, I'm in my house, and I'm singing my song. I'm singing the song, Our, you know, Our God Reigns. I just learned some good Christian songs. I'm having a blast. I'm standing, and God freezes me in time. And I mean, literally, I'm brought into this time stream. This place that I'm in, it's, it's like a tunnel. It's awesome. It's full of this glorious light and green, whatever. And he freezes me, and he says, you will sing, and you will teach, and I will use you to do a mighty work. 
I then and and um and lets me go, and I said, wait, hold it. And he didn't talk to me again. He never talked to me like he didn't know me. He talked to me like he'd been waiting for me. And so that was, you know, going on from there, fast forward, because it's very involved. But from that moment on, life got hard. I want you to know life got hard. I mean, I thought I quit God. I can't even tell you right in the beginning. I must have quit him every other month. But, you know, he, he has his call. And so uh, my family turned on me. My spouse turned on me. My kids turned on me. I could not. This was hard. And every time I wanted to quit, I kept saying, this can't be God. I must be missing God. He said, stay the course, you know, stay the course, keep pushing on. So I had to start a church. And I always laugh. I started my church. I was just doing what God told me to do. And I started my church. And, while, and I started in my house. And so, Prophet, you appreciate this. Started in my house. And my whole family left me to go to church. And I'm sitting there saying, but God, I thought, I thought you told me to do this. Well, eventually he, he dealt with that. I can tell you that I suffered heinous loss, physical, emotional, um, you know, again, in every area of your life. If you don't suffer loss, you can't really do apostleship. I know we teach you a prosperity message, but God, Paul, every apostle talks about loss. Why? Because God is dealing with two things, what he's lost, and, and he's dealing with the loss. And so you have to learn how to recover all. If you read his pattern, even people who start on the top of the heap have got to go and surrender what, what they got from the world and surrender what they got from Satan and recoup it, rebuild it, ex nihilo, in God's kingdom from God's resources. So I had to do that. In the midst of it all, I found out I could write. Then I found out I had these amazing, I mean, miracles and things like that. But no one to coach. That's why I write what I write. That's why I've written curriculum. That's why I have trainings. That's why I did the assessment. All of that is based on the utter deprivation that I had that God said, make it happen. You do it. Make this happen. Complete it. Well, I need it. Make it. And so I found out that I could do pretty much anything he needed me to do. And I have. And so where we are right now, and I know I, I kind of, Truncated, I shrunk it because I had to. Um, but I wanted to just let you know if you are, if you just migrated from what you were to a new label or a new title, then you just become a labeled apostle. So you got a label. But this is not how God makes it. God makes apostles in humiliation. Paul said, "I think God has made us the spectacle of all for your sake. He makes them in in frustration. He makes them in alienation and in isolation and all of those things because we're an irritant. Why are we an irritant? We're an irritant because we represent the true and living God who has sent us out and commissioned us to go and bring His family home, to bring His sheep home. Jesus understood that. He said, "I got sheep that are not in this fold, but I got to bring them." And so. If you are an apostle and you had a vision, nobody's challenging that. You had a dream, nobody is challenging that. But understand, that's just the tip of the iceberg. You will not make it until God has, has proven that he can trust you with his strength, his power, his wisdom, his secrets, and his prized possession, the souls that he hung himself, himself on the cross for. If he can't trust you with that, then trust me, you're still in training. Now, I know a lot of people out here doing apostleship, and I'm going to tell you something, Prophet. I want to say this to you and your listeners, because this is well worth paying attention to. I want to tell you this. A lot of people are claiming this, but apostleship changes how lives are lived, not just 
cleaning up lives. We're not talking about taking people and getting them out of their sin. Pastors have been doing that for years and have been doing a pretty good job of it um, as far as that goes. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about getting people into ministry. We're talking about changing the whole culture of people's lives so that it completely conforms to the eternal culture that brought us into existence. Wow. Wow. You said some really powerful things, but I love that comment that you just made. Apostle changes how lives are lived. So that person's life totally transforms into what God wanted and intended for it to be. I appreciate your wisdom. That was such, such wisdom, and I'm sure the listeners are enjoying this. We are going to take a short break, and we're then going to open the line up for questions. For those of you who are on the line and you have a question, please press 1 on your keypad when we come back from break, and then you'll be able to ask your questions to Dr. Price. We'll be back in one moment.
in just one moment, but there was a particular um, statement that Apostle made, and she really wanted to clarify. But those of you who have questions, as soon as I open up the line after she finishes with this, press the number one, and we'll be able to take your questions. Go ahead, Apostle. Okay, before the break, I made the statement that Apostles change how life is lived. I want to emphasize that it's not the individual life only. That happens as a byproduct of apostles bringing in new institutions. They bring in new enterprises, new institutions. They modify, they renovate, they innovate, they alter how God used to do things. They close that chapter out and bring in a new one so that we do life differently. Now, the reason I say that is because, for example, case in point, I created the standardized ministry assessments. Now, they've been out for about eight years, and now they're really catching on. Well, what's happening is how people are finding purpose and destiny through apostles and prophets. I've transformed that. So now, as life, as we go forward in the future, God is using this tool and many others out there. So I'm talking about my tool right now. But he's using that tool to say how life is lived. How, how is life lived? How, how people are recognizing their call, how they're able to answer the call, how they're able to equip it, and how they're able to take what's in them and to uh, adapt it. Case in point, last point on the subject is this. 
that we started out apostleship and the prophetic as gifting, but there's a difference between the gift and the office. I introduced that concept in 1991 in my very first book. Uh, constructing the contemporary prophet. Why is it important? Because the gift belongs to the individual, and therefore it's under the individual's authority and preference. Offices belong to institutions, and apostles create new institutions and then staff them with the officers of that new era work that God has given them to do. And as a result, the office begins to take over the rule of the giftings, which is how God meant it to be. So when I said it's how life is lived, it's not just getting people off drugs and, and getting them into purpose and destiny. It's really creating the institutions for them to obey God, because most times when apostles are raised up, they're raised up in a time where people don't know destiny, don't know where they fit because they don't fit in the old and the new hasn't yet been established. Wow. That was that was excellent. I love the way you really broke that down and I think now people will truly, truly understand the work of an apostle versus, you know, what you had in your mind, but you broke it down in such a way that okay, I changed it I changed how life is lived in completion, not just the spiritual side. But the natural side is changing. All of it, life as a whole, is changing. And that's key. That's a wonderful way to put that. I really love that. So now we're going to open the line for questions. So those of you who have questions for Apostle Paula, please press 1 on your keypad, and we're going to open the line to you so you can ask your question. So go right ahead. Okay, the line is open okay. for questions. For those Prophetess, have I think a, a few people are shy. I see some people, they have their hands up, but they seem a little shy to, to come forward. Oh, okay, we got some callers. Okay, for those who have a question, just press 1, and you'll enter the call so you can ask the Paula, uh, Apostle Paula questions. Come on and ask your questions. The line is open now. Don't be afraid. She's not going to bite you. Hello. 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 Hi. How are you? Um, Hi, everyone, and um, Apostle uh, Davis, um, excuse me, Christ, um, I truly love the Lord for you. I'm just tuning in, so I did miss uh, the outpouring of it, but I just wanted to say uh, personally, I thank you for how you allow for the Lord to use you throughout the years. Um, your prophetic dictionary have really blessed me. 
um, throughout the year. So I just wanted to personally say thank you for allowing the Lord to use you to pour out and impart to um, those who are beginning to walk in the prophetic and apostolic realm. Amen. Amen. Anyone else who has questions or comments for Apostle Paula, even if you would like prayer, you may be uh, feeling a call and you want clarity and you got it today, but you just want us to agree with you in prayer about it. So even if that's the case, the line is open. Just press one on your keypad and the line will open for you. So as I said there, I, um, there's a few people that they got their hands up, but they're a little shy in responding. So I'm going to ask for prayer um, just for uh, God to, for this continued direction for my ministry um, as I continue to press forward. Amen. Apostle. Am I there? Oh, I hear, I hear you now. <laughs> okay. Um, but the wonderful thing about God is that the thing that we do the easiest is the thing that we don't actually believe is our basic ability for our call. If ever there is a person who is in destiny, but you're in three years, God's going to open up. I just see this a three-pronged sprout opening up over you, and you are going to diversify in a way that you thought you had to give up when you began to serve God. But now you are coming into his realm, and you're coming into a deeper revelation of how God is, and you're finding out it's not that restrictive. You are one that God is saying to you, I'm going to diversify what you're doing. I'm going to take some things you did in high school, some things that you have dreamed and wrote in a journal, even sketches and all of those kinds of things, and I'm bringing it all together because I'm going to unite it under this this umbrella that's going to be called divine enterprise. God literally has a divine enterprise for you. And he says, so I need you to stop being narrow. I need you to stop being restricted in how you're seeing things and realize that the thing that I told you that was huge when you first started and everybody tried to talk you out of it and everybody tried to say, okay, but that doesn't make sense. I can't see how that's going to happen. Well, not in this time. But God said, you're coming up on a time, and in three years, you're going to be a diversified enterprise for the Lord. And he's calling you divine enterprise. Actually, he's saying it this way, divine diversified enterprise. That's the word God wants you to have, to walk away from today's call with that on your mind because he's going to shift some things. And what the enemy tried to shipwreck, God is shifting. So you're going to have a lot of resurrection in your life, a lot of restoration, and and, and in a a very um, passive way, retaliate for a lot of things that should not have hit you, a lot of blows you should not have had to take. That is what God wants to say to you right now. Thank you. Wow. My name means resurrection, and God has had me study it a number of times in the last two or three years. And I I received your word. (laughs) Well, it's so great because let me tell you why it's so important. Because you are a person of order. You're not going to step over boundaries and all of that. And when when you came to God, you seriously 
made some changes in your personality. You pull back a lot of things yeah. because you are a woman of order. But God is going to yeah. give you a reward on that obedience and on that submission. And that's the, you know, I'm, I'm going to pray, but I felt like you needed to know that even all that you thought you had to, to squelch and pack away, you give yourself this three-year window, God's going to blow your mind. Oh, Jesus, thank you, Lord. <sighs> Thank God. Thank God. I know it's your sugar. It's your sugar. You just can't help but love on it. It's just the sugar. Praise God. There are others who are on the line who want to ask questions. Don't be shy. Just press the number one. Apostle can hear you. And. Mm -hmm. She'll 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 pray with you, or she if God gives her a word, she'll give you that too. Um, but Woo. if you have questions, come on on the line so you can ask your question. So, Prophetess, I do have a uh, question that was sent to me. Um, they they okay. are sitting at their desk at work, so they have to be quiet. <laughs> um, but it okay. says, what's the difference? You may have explained this, but they just um, asked if you can go through it again. What's the difference um, between the office of an apostle and the office of a prophet? Well, apostles, uh, as you as I told you, many, many apostles start out as prophets. As a matter of fact, God can get perhaps the most uh, exceptional uh, use of a prophet, of an apostle out of the realm of the prophetic. For example, John uh, the Revelator. I mean, come on, you couldn't be any more prophetic than him. But his prophecies were very apocalyptic, which means they were end-time triggers. So that's number one. A prophet is a communicator. An apostle is the legislator. The, po- the prophet is going to perpetuate and, first of all, enforce and perpetuate God, what God will do according to his law. The apostle is an institutionalizer. They're going to create, remember I said, our life is lived. So they're going to establish or diversify, expand what God is doing. You know, like I just said to my sister, you're going to, God, apostles are always going to diversify, always going to diversify because we're always going to take it to the next level. That's the second thing. last one, which you will all appreciate, and that is apostles were not born under the church, but, and neither were prophets, but God expired the prophet's office to migrate it under the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, but not apostles. He put apostles over his church. Amen. I have Janine on the line. Janine, go ahead. Hi, I just wanted to call and ask for prayer, for clarity. Okay. Hi, Janine. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Great, great. Uh, Now, I want to ask you, do you have clarity in any particular area? What type of clarity are you looking for? As far as what God is um, saying to me right now, as far as in my dreams and things that he wants to do. Well, I'm going to tell you a couple of things, Shanine. Number one, your dreams are twofold. One is that you have a lot of things God wants you to close the book on. I see your whole life where you've got these start, stop, start, stop, start, stop, and God wants you to close the book on some things, and you're going to step out of some relationship. I don't know what it is, but I see you stepping out of this in order for you to do it. One of the reasons you can't get clarity from God is because you are one of those people who love people. So you got everybody at 
helping, you know, just helping you out. And you poll. You do a lot of polling, like if people approve or if people don't like it. But God wants you to begin to stand on your own. And I hear him saying from age 16, he has guided your footsteps. He's brought you into some hard places but also brought you out. But now if you want God to use you the way you say you do, you're going to have to make him number one. And God is not going to settle for being any less than number one in your life. So that's my prayer for that end, that you can clear the slate on some things. You've got promises outstanding. You've got people who just really need you because you're good at helping people. But God says for the call that he has on your life, he has got to be number one. Okay. Does that make sense to you, Janine? I'm trying to figure out what is the relationship he's talking about. Because I'm not in a relationship as of now. Well, it doesn't have to be a romantic relationship. It could be a mentorship bond, a parental bond, a sibling bond. Something stands Uh between you and God. Okay. When he wants your time, he wants your time. Okay. And a lot of times, and sometimes, sweetheart, in this situation, sometimes it's a, a former relationship we can't let go, and we're trying to either recover or repeat. Okay. All right, so now I want to pray about this. The next thing he said for you is to pull out your word and study that word again. I want you to get under a good mentor. I'm praying for God to give you a good mentor because you have that kind of spirit that makes you a great student, makes you very malleable, but you need a good mentor to make things make sense to you. So, God, I thank you for Janine. I thank you for, number one, Lord, closing these, these, these things off in our life. I just see you guys tying up two strings, just tying up strings, just tying up all of these loose ends in her life. I see that. I see you also, Lord, just removing from her soul all of those little foxes that keep spoiling her vine. Now, God, I'm asking you to give her a mentor. She needs mentor, strong mentoring from someone who's gone before, and not only someone who's gone before, but also, God, from someone who's walked her journey to understand the motivations from her soul. And I thank you that as you give her this mentor, that you cause it there to be a close bond, a close-knit bond between them. So, Lord, let not just anything walk in her life. Let it be a hand-picked mentor for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You're very, very welcome. Apostle, I have Melody on the line now. Good morning or good afternoon. Thank you, um, Elder Stacy, for bringing me on. I appreciate you so much. I love you. Um, and it's just so funny. I appreciate you, Apostle, for being on also. I was just thinking about this question, and I just, I just told Elder Stacy I was just thinking about this topic. I just want to say I appreciate you, and God bless, and um, I salute your prayers for me and just my life. Oh, absolutely. You know, especially for you. You know, Melody, God is saying to you, your journey was well worth it, and it's about to pay off. You know, if ever somebody who has gone, I mean, you've walked up, you know, I'm going to help this one, I'm going to serve this, I'm going to But God says, even though you didn't get the harvest in the ground in which you serve, you are going to get a harvest from his vineyard. Do you understand that? Yes, ma'am. You're going to get a harvest from God's vineyard. Sometimes people don't understand why we're in their lives and what we're supposed to serve. But you 
rest assured, it doesn't make a difference who didn't pay, who didn't do right. If none of that matters, you are going to get a harvest from the Lord's vineyard because God said you're going to get a priestly portion, and that's a powerful portion. You're not going to worry about your life, even to your older years or even to your family. God said the purity of your, your sowing and service earned you the right to become part of his priestly portion, and you're going to get a priestly portion from the king. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you. Well, let me pray, baby. You know, I always like to. Uh, I got to come back and pray for this, my, my first person, but I'm going to pray for you. Father, thank you for Melody, God. Thank you for even taking her by the hand and walking her through as you've done since she was even a young one. And I thank you, God, for even not just young in age, but young in you, even when there were so many, so many trips and so many leaders who just didn't get who she is or who wanted to get her in the wrong place. Thank you for holding her by your hands. And, God, thank you for her praying seniors, the people, the mentors and the parents and the, the, the authorities in her life that, that saw her through, just saw her through. And I thank you, God, for blessing her today. Lord, anoint her anew and afresh for her new day because she's got a new one coming. Anoint her afresh for it. We step up your vision. We step up your visionary life. We open that eye of yours, even that intercessor's portion for you because you are a mighty intercessor. We thank you, God, for giving her that intercessor's portion and her new intercessory assignment. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. We Amen. have uh, Rhonda on the phone. Hello, can you hear me? Hi, Rhonda. How are you? Good. Hello, Apostle Christ. How are you? I am. You can, you can hear me. I'm excited. I'm having a blast. <laughs> first, first, I want to say thank you, Elder Stacey, for having me on the call. I want to say um, thank you. I lost her. Did we lose her? I think, I, I think we lost her. It oh. sounds like her call dropped. Uh, Elder okay. Stacy, if you can get uh, Rhonda back on, we'll see. I'm here. Oh, she's there. She's there. Oh. We just we can hear, hear you, you, sweetie. We can okay. hear you. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh, my we God, can I can hear, hear you now. Okay. I just wanted to, um, I guess, prayer and just ask the question. I just, um, I'm in a transition, please. Um, within my prophetic call and just a lot is going on that place of um, suffering and just a lot of things that you don't understand. So I'm just trying to um, keep a positive attitude and keep the faith through it, Um, but just trying to even get clarity in a lot of things because I'm always feeling like I'm a a forerunner. I see a lot of of things um, and put things in place ahead of time. Um, but maybe that's not where God wants me to be. So really just asking God, where is it that you desire for me to be in this season? Well, uh, Rhonda, can I ask you a question? Are you in a, uh, do you have like a team with you? Because when, when, when God, when I heard your voice, God said this word to me, a threefold cord is not easily broken. Amen. So that tells me that God needs you to not be alone and that the enemy has worked hard to see to it that you always feel alone. And so he gets in relationships, he gets in agreements, he gets even into your assignment. But God says that you need to have a prayer group or and or a mentorship team. 
you cannot do this vision alone. It is too big, it's too complex, but he says it makes you too vulnerable. Does that make sense to you, Rhonda? It sure does, yes. Because he's saying you cannot be alone. So however way um, people are not hearing you or whatever, it has to do with you not having that covering, that intercession, that, that prevailing, but also you need that prophetic push. You know, we, we get a call. Just because we get a call doesn't mean that it comes completely um, um, outfitted with all of the power and the authority and all of that stuff that we'll eventually enter into. You know, the call is one thing. The appointment is another. And then the empowerment is something else. Jesus called the apostles, and then he appointed them apostles. And then when he commissioned them again under the New Testament or the, under the New Order, he then gave them another power, but it wasn't until they had gone through hardship and difficulty that they really entered the fullness of what that office, that mantle had to give them. And that's when they prayed and they said, Lord, in the name of your Holy Spirit, your Holy Child Jesus. So I want to say, Good afternoon. stop. Yes, hold on. Hello? Hello? Okay. I wanted to say to you, stop going Hello? it alone. There's a lot of there's a lot of other calls going on. Yes, but can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, I want to say to you, stop going it alone, okay. and start to spend some time praying for whom God will bring by your side. Jesus sent them out two by two, and the prophets they were always in companies, and the lone prophets always got slaughtered. So you need to not go it alone. Even Stephen, when Stephen stepped away from the group, he got stoned. So the Holy Spirit is saying, you don't have to go this alone. I know that you don't trust a lot of people. I know that. But I also know that uh, part of all of that has to do with the enemy trying to eliminate you as a future problem for him. So we're going to pray. I pray God gives you good relationships. I pray that he takes away all of that stigma off of you. I pray that you connect with the people who can lead you and love you and comfort you. And I pray, God, that, that the Lord God will give you people who understand your journey, even from childhood, and, and appreciate the best in you. Because everybody has a group of people who appreciate them and understand how they got to be who they are. And you need those kinds of people in your life. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. You're very, very welcome. I have Jenny on the line. God bless you, uh, Dr. Price. This is Jeannie and husband Jacob. Praise the Lord. Jeannie God bless you. and Jacob. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Yeah, enjoy your ministry, Apostle. And uh, we're just calling in and listening for some uh prayer for our ministry and our family. Uh, we want to know uh, exactly what's our next move, that uh, our assignment that God would have for us here. Uh, we're in a new place, and uh, we just need some more clarity and direction and uh, prayers for our family. Of course, we've been under demonic attack for years after being in the apostolic and prophetic ministry, so we need a little push there. Amen. I know that's right. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, you know, I want to say this to you, man of God. The Lord said, do not be afraid to change. Now, I want to say this because I just got I got out of prayer this morning, and I gave this counsel to our uh, our morning briefing. We do a, 
uh, I brief every morning with my prophets. And this is the word God gave, and I really believe, sir, that this word fits you. You know, God says, I call you on what will move you, but that's not necessarily the destiny. I hear God saying, I want to talk to you. He needs you, too, to take a vacation. He says, I want to talk to you about change. I want to talk to you about shifting gears because there are some things I need you to be willing to do because my economy for you is in what I plan. What happens to us? And, and, and again, I had to hear this this morning from the Lord. What happens to us is that we get locked in on what God used to motivate us. So our, what motivated our obedience becomes what we expect to provide our inheritance. And sometimes, and I think in your case, you shared this with me, but at some times, God used that obedience to get us moving, but what he re- he's ready for you to do now is to step into that dimension and step into that mindset of what he's called you to do because the harvest and the inheritance is always in the assignment, and I had to learn that the hard way. It's just that the, our training assignment we sometimes think is our reigning assignment. And so God's going to shift your ministry, and he's going to shift it from starting with your heart and your mind, and he's going to change it. Now, I'm going to tell you what happened. As you were coming along this journey, and this has been a rocky road. I agree with you. It's been really rocky. But as you were coming along this journey, God inseminated you with several ideas. I see three particular times that he inseminated you with uh, several ideas, and this is over the last seven years. So when you're done with this call, what I'd like to see you do, I pray for you to be able to do, is to go and ask God to walk you through those seven years. Why am I saying that? Because the divine calling, the destiny, was in those inseminations. But sometimes we don't want to fail God. We don't want to drop the ball too soon. We don't want to look like we're shifting gears, and we certainly don't want to look like we're disobeying him. So we think that the reason he called us is, is how he's going to use us. And so as a result, our hope is in that calling and not in what he is, the assignment he has. Does that make sense to you, sir? Yes, ma'am. Amen. Amen. Because that's what I had to learn. So, for example, you know, we were just talking about it this morning. The Lord called me to relocate to Tulsa, where he used a particular motivation set of motivations to get me to move here. They were not only motivations, they were incentives. However, when we got here, all of those incentives began to disappear. But still, for want of what else to do, because I came for this reason, I kept pushing and plowing against the brick, against the wall, against the tide, until eventually God had to break through and said, you know, if I were going to do it that way, I would have. So now let me tell you why I really called you here, you know. And so Paul, Paul's on the road to Damascus. Who, how is he supposed to know Jesus is going to slap him off the horse and say, but this is why I really allowed them to send you to Damascus. So God is saying to you, take that vacation. He really wants you to take a vacation. Take that vacation and spend some time. Go to a place that brings you peace. If it's near water, do that. And sit and just take your journal and listen, because there are the answer to coming out of this battle and coming out of this warfare and entering your provision, your providences, is in that vacation. Now, I'm going to end this, this comment with you on this word. Every apostle has two things that comes with their commission. And actually, it's three. Three things that come with their commission. I call them the three P's of your commission. Your proprietary, 
your providences, and then your provision. All of those are your dispensation. And if you never, ever activate that commission, you never get them. Amen. And you said again those were proprietaries? Proprietary, that means things that are proprietary to your office and unique to you. Your providences, the things that God has supernaturally embedded in your commission and in your soul, they come up under your ministries and your miracles. And then the last ones are the actual provisions, the supply line that that, that you need. And see, any three, if, if those three aren't working together, then your commission is, is being stunted, which means you might be talking it, but you're not walking it. Or you might be walking it and you're not selling it. Or, you know, or it's not attracting. So I hear God saying to you that you have got to go back and learn what your commission is. Because it's in your commission that God supplies everything. You have to think of your commission as a business in a box. And God takes that commission, he gives it to you. When you unpack that box, when you open it up, then all of the things to see to it that your office is ready to roll and you're ready to not only do your job but to extend it, okay, that's when it happens. But if your commission is wrong or if you've never unpacked it, then all you're doing is walking around with this wonderful little box that it's a burden on you, it's heavy, it's uncomfortable, it's awkward, but you don't know how it's supposed to benefit you or expedite what God called you to do. Does that speak to you, sir? Amen. Amen. Yes, it does. Thanks for that. We received that. Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, enjoy your vacation. It's going to make all the difference. God, I thank you for sending them supernatural resources and supernatural way to take this vacation and also, Lord, to heed your counsel today. In the meantime, I put a moratorium on the warfare in you. I rise up in the spirit in my seat of authority, and I say to you, Satan, halt. Cease and desist. God, I thank you for engulfing them in this discovery orb so that they're insulated until you can make this thing make sense. Correct what must be corrected. Heal what must be healed. Deliver what must be delivered. But by all means, God, get them on point in the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. 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 Thank you so thank much. You. God, God bless you. you. You're welcome. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to take a quick break, Apostle, and we'll be right back because we're going to let you share with the listeners how to get in touch with you and everything. But we're going to take a break real quick, and we'll be right back.
Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Dr. Price, we have with Linda on the phone. Hi, Dr. Price. How are you, woman of God? How's it going? I, I, it's going. It's going fast, but it's going. <laughs> I have a question um, really about um, guidance and strategy. My husband has some, a really important test coming up at the end of July, and it will uh, determine a lot for us, for us uh, going forward with him. And I'm just wondering on, you know, some prayer strategies that I need to be doing for him or some testing strategies that we've always been missing because he's always had this struggle and, and we just need to get past it. Powerful, powerful. Well, first of all, I'm going to I bind up that assault. That is a childhood spirit that has been dispatched against them to keep him from entering into success. I lift that test uh, fear off of him and that test freezing. I lift that off of him in Jesus' name. What I would suggest is that if you know what the, the test is going to be about, that you yourself find out where you can get material on it and to, and to do the drills. And what I would like to suggest you do is surprise him by asking him questions when he's not expecting it. Okay. So if you're, let's say you're cooking supper and he's in the middle of watching his show and you've got a question from the, from the book, you just say, okay, what's Santo on Santo right now? Because the more okay. he gets, gets accustomed to saying it without thinking, the better he will perform. Okay. Hallelujah. Okay. Hallelujah. Thank you. thank you for giving him victory. And, Lord, lead her to the right tools, the right manuals, the right examinations that she needs, and then cause her to even herself memorize them so she can drill him on purpose and off purpose expectantly and unexpectedly that he can get accustomed to answering the questions on this issue spontaneously because that's where he's stuck. He's a thinker, he's a plotter, and if he, he feels like if, if he hasn't been able to prepare it linearly, which means at very straight line, it's not going to connect with him. So God, get him used to break him out of that rigidity and get him used to answering the questions that he's going to face, he's likely to face on that test answering them spontaneously, no matter what he's doing. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. 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 Thank you. Amen. You're welcome. God bless. God bless you. Uh, Dr. Price, we have Carol on the line. Hello. Hi, Carol. Hi, Apostle Price. How are you? I'm all blessed up, excited in God, and I am flowing in the Holy Ghost. I am looking forward to seeing you Wednesday. But what I was calling for, (laughs) I tell you, I've had such such, um, adversities coming against me. And um, I thank you so much, first of all, because you are such an inspiration to me. I've never came across someone who's taught the word, explained the word, expounded on the word as you have, as the Lord has touched your, your 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 tongue, just to speak it. Because a lot of the things that uh, I've uh, gone through, you've actually given me revelation to it. And I, I tell you, there's not a day that I can go without looking on your site to see what else you have. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I hope my team is listening so they know to keep putting up new stuff. <laughs> oh, I love Bless it. You. I love it. But um, what I was what I was asking help for is because uh, I wanted prayer and I have um, 
I, I want a prayer for my finances because that, and it doesn't matter what I do or how I do it. I'm always it, it, um, being attacked. Okay. So, and the, the, the second question is, I had a dream. And that dream, we, when I say we, that means me and you. We're in this church, and we were sitting on the pew, and you were on my left-hand side. I was on your right-hand side. And you uh, handed me these two little wrapped candies, and you placed it on my lap. And apparently they were like little cough drops, and I didn't have a cold. And I looked at you, and I said, um, I don't have a cold. Why are you giving me this? So... um the scenario changed. There was no answer. The scenario changed. And I saw you at a distance at a limo. And when I looked, I just saw you waving. Well, that same dream went into the following day where you was at the airport. And I came to you and I said, uh, uh, Apostle Price, can I help you get to your destination? And you said to me, you want answers to your to your questions, don't you? <laughs> and I said, um, Yes, and uh, and we started walking, and, and from that point, I just woke up. Oh, great. Sounds clear to me. So first thing <laughs> I want to tell you, <laughs> your number one issue, Carol, is you want to know why you can't lay hold of money and you cannot defeat the, the devourer because there literally is a locust that's assigned to your money. And so we're going to pray that off. It's like this this is a really locust spirit. That's number one. But the thing is, God is not going to allow you to have the uh, financial security you want until you change how you think about money. Hmm. I have a book called Money is a Spirit. I suggest you get it. It is a great book, and, um, and, and it's going to tell you how you think about money because the reason that you are having a difficult time with it is because of however way money was treated in your growing up years, it was never valued as an essential resource or something that could be managed. And so God wants you to alter how you think about money. We're in the church because you are a Christian, and you're in, we're in the pew because, well, we're, we're Christians, and we're in the Christian church. And so Jesus is saying to you, you know, even on the right side, I'm, I'm going to give you Two drops of wisdom, two drops of wisdom that's going to get your life where it has to go. And if you do that, then we will go to the next level. If you don't do those two drops, we're not going to go to the next level. So the first one has to do with you getting that book, Money is a Spirit. The second one has to do with you because you pressed your way to be here. What you're going to hear at the event this week is going to give you the other information to let you know whether or not we'll take off. Uh, that's very clear to me. <laughs> uh-huh. that's, pretty clear to that's why I'm pressing to get there. Well, listen, you're going to have to make it happen. One of the things I found out, those of us who are not born with, that's why you're going to love this book, Money is the Spirit. Those of us who are not born with money in our lives and a silver spoon in our mm-hmm. mouth, we're going to have to learn to tap into the, the, the immaterial side of money so that we can command it to turn into the material resources we need. And that's a technique. 
you know, and because wow. frankly, all of us, we, you know, we got saved because we probably were born of families that we were supposed to be poor all our days, but God saved us to give us a, 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 an even fighting chance to tap into his wealth. So we're going to talk about the rest of it, but God, I thank you right now. I thank you for her life. I come against this locust spirit. God, it's just like this is a ravaging devil that's been eating up all of her harvest, all of her reward, even in her paycheck, God. It's like just trying to do it. So I halt and arrest this thing. I cancel this assignment. I null and void its authority in your life. And I turn it over to the abyss. And now, Lord, I thank you for giving her an even chance to make a good living and to live prosperously in your kingdom. Thank you, God. Let it be so. Let it be done. And let it be now. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. You're very, very welcome. God bless you. I'll see you there. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Amen, amen. Thank you, Apostle, for just being open for questions. Um, now, I'm I'm just going to ask you that you would pray over me. That, yes, because um, I did. God has opened so many doors for me lately, and he's doing it quick. So I just <laughs> really want to stay focused, don't get distracted, and stay on track with that. And if the Lord gives you any word for me, please feel free to release it. <laughs> I will do it. I will do it. Now, who was the first person I, I prophesied to? That was Elder Stacy. She actually is the producer for the show. Excellent. Let me pray for her first because I didn't finish hers. Go right ahead. To, okay, I'm going to pray for her, then I'm going to come back to you. Father okay. God, I thank you for Elder Stacy. First of all, God, I thank you for her faithfulness and her loyalty. God, she's a loyal servant, and I thank you for that. I thank you for her wisdom and ingenuity. But, God, I thank you for blessing her visions in the appropriate window of time and letting her know that she's big enough to do more than one thing. And so, Lord, I cover her work, I cover her visions, I cover her purpose, even her body in the blood of the Lamb. God, and we put a new shield of protection for her as we push her forward into the next leg of your journey so that she will be equipped to serve you in this new apostleship era, that she will understand the new way and the new day. I thank you. Ford, I thank you for friends. I thank you for collaborators. I thank you for backers. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right. Now I'm set. Now I'm set. So I to get that out because it wasn't done. But now for you, prophet, hear this word. The Lord says that he is now ready to use you. You have been a good friend. You have been a faithful stalwart soldier. And now the thing that God told you when he first called you, he's ready for you to step in. I see you really as a prophetic guard. I'm telling you, I see you as the um, as a guard outside of Buckingham Palace. You are in order. You're straight line. We're going to do it this way. This is God's way. And God says, I'm going to build on that foundation. That's an attitude of yours that God is getting ready to make a, a, a standard. And so he's going to continue to use you in that path. And God said, tell my people what my order is. Divine order is not a slogan. It is a lifestyle. It is a way of doing it and that you're going to start teaching people how to, first of all, understand divine order, but then comply. 
because God says he has compliance issues even with his leaders. And so he's going to give you, I mean, you're going to get a whole new dimension of information from God. I mean, a download like you have not had as God begins to make you that true apostolic prophet that's going to be his guard because that's really where he wants to take you. And he's been telling you, you've had these dreams with God's hand. He's summoning you upstairs, you know, just summoning you. Come on up, let me, I'm bringing you in this office. So you're coming into the king's office to understand the next dimension. He has held you up until this window of time because he needed you to have his best interest at heart. And because you're loyal, you do. Now he's going to allow you to take these compliance, this divine order, and all of these other things forward. Now there is a succession that you're getting ready to step into. You're succeeding like somebody. And, uh, and God said he wants you to know what that succession is all about. You cannot just go and just be so loyal to it, to your predecessor, that you do not know that you're part of the new day. And that is why God is speaking mm. to you differently. And if mm. I'm hearing him correctly, you have been concerned about how different he is. He's changing his voice with you. He's changing his tone. And he's changing the information that he's giving you. So I just want you to know that. And you're about to get the keys to some sort of facility. And God said, but understand, I'm trusting you. And where others have stumbled and where others have wobbled, I expect you to use your hind feet because that is what I need of you. You are going to be an amazing, and I mean really an amazing uh, compliance officer. And I'm talking about prophetically. I'm talking about spiritually. I'm talking about ecclesially, the church. God wants you to understand all of that was not wasted even though you had to put some of it in the box and under the table and hold it back a little bit, but none of it was wasted. And now you're coming into that time where God is going to free you to do it as you've seen it and as he's shown it to you that he wants it to be done. So you're going to have trainings, you're going to have manuals, you're going to have schooling sessions. He said, don't be afraid because you will not be rebuked because of how he's telling you to do this in this window of time. Amen. I received that, Apostle. You just confirmed probably several years of my life and several things that God has placed before me. So I received that. I definitely received that. Apostle, we appreciate you so much for coming on the show today and for just taking the time to minister to God's people. We want you to just share with our listeners um, your uh, social media information, so they will know how to find you on social media. And any um, uh, books or projects that you have coming up that they can join even you in in uh, ministry. Amen. I love that. Uh, first of all, I want to say starting Wednesday, I'm doing my annual prophetic gathering. It's called the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute. It's for prophets and apostolic folk, uh, and, and it's not it's not a conference where we literally put you into intense training for you to go to the next level in Christ as apostles or prophets or apostolic prophets. My emphasis when I do these are for the apostolic prophets and the chief prophets because many of you are called to make that happen 
for the king to gather, to train, and to get ready to deploy them. We have yet to understand how to deploy the prophetic gifts and talents and resources the Lord puts in our hands. So I wanted to tell you, it starts Wednesday, and it ends on Saturday. It's here in Tulsa. It's held in Hyatt Regency in downtown Tulsa. Do it every year. I think this is like our 11th year doing it. So that's the first thing that I wanted to say to you. The next thing I wanted to say is if you want to contact me, uh, I invite everybody listening who's curious about your destiny to go to my uh, company website, ppmglobalresources.com. Click Take an Assessment. You will love it. And when you go there, you can shop for other materials as well. But there you can take uh, the either the ministerial assessment or prophetic assessment and really know where you are. It's been out for a while. It's been uh, becoming popular around the world, actually. Um, so I suggest you do that. If you want to get more information about me, go to drpaulaaprice.com, and we can do that on um, on Facebook. I believe I'm I believe I'm Dr. Paula Price. That's what I think everybody's finding me. But if you can, it, it'll come up on Facebook. I would love to hear from you. Let me know what you felt about today's session. I would really love to hear from you. And I think on Twitter, I think I'm probably the same thing, Dr. Paula Price or Dr. Price. But if you keep my name in, I found that I come up. Um, so I want to say that my books, you can go on Amazon and get all my books, but we do sell them on my site, and we have new stuff coming. So, again, if you're in driving distance or you're a person who can say, you know what, I'm going to hop a plane and be there, join us Wednesday here in Tulsa. I promise you, you'll be amazed, but you won't be disappointed. How Amen. Amen. So those of you who tuned in today, we say thank you. We appreciate you so much for being in the audience today and joining Dr. Price. And we thank her so, so very much for sharing her wisdom. Um, We want to say a special prayer for you and your team today, Apostle Price, before you go. Father, we thank you today. We thank you for this open door. And, Father, we thank you for Dr. Price and her team. And, Lord, even as they go into this prophetic services that they'll be having, Father, Lord, we ask that you would allow every prophet, every apostolic gifting to get exactly what they need. Meet them right there, Lord, at the point of their need. Let every word that's spoken, let it be seared in their hearts so they can walk it out, Father. Lord, give them instruction. Give them provision that they need, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask that you would give them the stamina and the strength that they need so they can carry out every endeavor in excellence, Father. Lord, and even as they move forward in advancing the kingdom, we ask that you would allow them to live under an open heaven like never before. In Jesus' name, and we thank you now. Amen. Ooh, amen. Thank you for the prayer. Amen. You're welcome. <laughs> we thank you all again for tuning in today, and we recommend that you tune in even more so. Those of you who were not able to tune in live, we encourage you to go back and listen to the show on demand at blogtalkradio.com forward slash release the word, and you can just look for Kingdom Life. So until next time, we Thank you for tuning in, and keep living in full effect for the King. God bless you.
If you were blessed by this program and would like to learn more about our products and services, connect with us on Facebook at Kingdom Advancement Global Ministries. Follow us on Twitter at KAG Ministries or visit us on the web at KAGMinistries.com. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.